0: Today's review is titled So Much Relevant Value by April's Kentucky Life. Love the value that Shalene and her guests give on her podcast. You can trust she's always up to date with her info regarding building your online business.
1: Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson,
0: and my name is Brock Johnson.
1: Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. All right, so this is a part two of an episode that I did with Adi Arazzini, who is the founder of Teamy Blends. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to it. That's where you'll get a little background on Adi, how the company started how she used her own problem, her own challenge, and in, in the process of solving that to develop this idea with a chance meeting. And there's just so many great takeaways in that first episode. I really, really want you to listen to that. But in part two, a D very graciously covers with us in complete detail how she took a company without any marketing budget, without any money to even pay influencers, and how she started that strategy, developed that strategy, and How she got to the place where she is today, where she's using influencers like the Kardashians and Cardi B to spread the word, to get the message out there. How she's got her products into places like Ulta Beauty and her plans for the future. She's so generous with her information and so open. You're just going to have so many takeaways. This is how you can take your idea and dream big. All right, guys, without further ado, here is part two with a D. So let's talk nuts and bolts for a second. First of all, if you didn't pick up on that takeaway, it is not to judge a book by its cover. Sometimes opportunities come to you and we are quick to go, yeah, I don't trust this person. I don't like them, which is probably a good, healthy dose of skepticism to protect ourselves. But it also doesn't hurt to, like you said, we don't have to lose just exploring And looking further into this so that's number one number two I want to ask about the nuts and bolts so you decide all right let's do something together really take us back to that first you know couple of months did you sit down and say okay here's what I'll do and here's what you'll do and is this a 50 50 partnership and and I understand if you can't disclose that but in those initial stages anyways were you thinking like how do I even approach the payment side of this and how we're gonna divide interests
2: Right. I mean, in the beginning, and I'm going to be honest with you, in the beginning, he was like, you can have 10% because I'm the one that is going to be sourcing the ingredients and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay to that. And Mm -hmm. very soon after we started, I was like, there's no way that I'm getting 10%. (laughs) Yeah, there was no way because in the beginning, I was like, if you have all this information about tea and importing tea, then why do you need me? What do you need me for? And he was like, listen, I know nothing about health. I know nothing about nutrition, I know nothing about fitness, and I am really disorganized. He is, by trade, a graphic designer and a product maker. That's what what he does, you know? So, like, he creates products from tea, and that's what he knew, and he was a graphic designer. He doesn't know anything else part of the business, and... We definitely changed the partnership after that. Yeah. And we did. We talked multiple times on whose responsibilities was to do what. And we continued to clarify that throughout the years. Do you still? We have it pretty down now, mm-hmm. six years in. But if you come into my headquarters, we have a chart on the wall With all of the different divisions and departments of our business that show who's in charge of who and who's in charge of what and what each department needs to produce in order to all flow power into the machine that is Teamy. Mm. So it's very clear. It's so that it's not just in people's heads, but it's also on a physical board that's Mm -hmm. in our office to clarify who does what, because I think that a lot of business partnerships fail because two people do the same thing Mm -hmm. and then no work gets done. The reason why my partner and I have been so successful is because we do totally different things and we collaborate on the things that we need to collaborate on, Mm. but we don't hold the same functions don't have an ego trip and you also don't have kind of like wasted time if two people are working on the same product.
1: Absolutely. My husband and I bred. I think that's the reason why we can work successfully together. So let's talk about six years ago at that time. You're talking about entering into a market that was relatively new. I think that's right about when I started hearing about, you know, different flat tummy teas and skinny teas and detox teas, et cetera. So you were entering into a market that had some traction. Yes. Yes. And so what did you think was going to be or did you say, let's ride on these coattails, let's do what they're doing, or let's figure out a place where there's something missing?
2: More of the latter, I was looking at all these companies out there and I saw a bunch of holes in their marketing. Number one, a lot of the companies were overseas. So serving an audience in America, you had to wait a long time for shipping and their packaging was terrible. And I had ordered from them. I had ordered from them to try their teas myself. And again, the teas didn't work for me they weren't effective for me. So I knew that I had to make a better formula, an effective formula that would really work for them, which means using higher quality ingredients and spending more money on our product than they're spending on their product and cut into our profit margins. But it was important for me to make a product that actually worked because you're not going to get return customers or repeat buyers through products that don't work. So that was one of the things. The other is that All of these companies, the name of the brands are like, like you said, flat tummy, skinny, that, and they're marketing themselves, a girl in a bikini holding bags of tea and almost misguiding the consumer that if they drink this tea or they order this product, they will look like that bikini model, which is just completely not possible. Like no matter what I do, I will never have that body because everyone has their own unique bio-individual composition. And I really didn't like that. And because I came from the personal training and the fitness background, I knew immediately that I wanted to differentiate my brand to be about gut health and the benefits of detoxing and educating our customers rather than giving a model a bag of tea and telling her to promote it. So having an actual purpose and a passion behind my products, I think, made a big difference. And if you look at, for example... Our Instagram page, and you compare it to anyone that you would consider our competitors, who I don't even put them in that category because we're so different from them, you can see a vast difference between who we are and what we stand for, and what they are and what they stand for.
1: Let me ask you is that difficult sometimes t- to know that you're lumped in from someone who might be uninformed, which I'll put myself in that category too before I knew anything about Teamy? Really, any of these detox teas that are promoting themselves as detox teas or weight loss teas or or flat tummy teas, whatever you want to call them. You know, I haven't looked at the ingredients on all of them. I've looked at the ingredients on some of them and kind of all, you know, lump them together in my mind and made this general assumption about them. Kind of the same way people do with fitness, right? Like they're like, oh, you're one of those Mm -hmm. fitness people. And that's really not fair. But has that been an Achilles heel for you?
2: I think it has to a degree because it's almost like we're swimming upstream to what everyone is thinking about us, just like you said, if you hear the word detox tea, you kind of think of, you have a negative connotation to it because these other brands created a bad reputation for us. They created this flat tummy idea through their marketing. And so we're having to do the opposite. And just to be fully transparent here, I think that in the next couple of months and definitely in 2020, we will have a redesign of our products to make sure that, we don't even resemble that anymore because we are not that, you know, we go through evolutions in our business and I believe so wholeheartedly in our detox program and the amount of success stories and reviews that we hear about people's, PCOS and people's IBS and clearing up people's skin because they're getting rid of toxins in their gut. And yes, people that have lost weight because that is what their goal was, or people that completely got out of of coffee because of it, or people that generally feel mentally more clear because of my products. So I am, I stand behind my products a hundred percent and I need to change the way that people are seeing my products. And so there's definitely a learning curve there. And we've done the differentiation by being so different, by educating our customers. But you're definitely right that it's definitely something that we've had to overcome.
1: Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing that I can relate to or maybe I want to share with you is that we have a, a, a company that we start up really called the One Through One Method. And it's a nutrition-based company. It's all based around figuring out what's causing you inflammation. It's a nutrition education, right? Like you're learning how your body works. You're learning how to identify foods that might be problematic for you, even if they are uh, considered healthy by most, right? But it might not be healthy for you. And helping people to understand the importance of phasing their diet as opposed to like, you know, putting a stake in the ground and declaring that you're keto for life, but rather like really being open-minded to science and really being open-minded to individuality and that there isn't a one-size fits all, et cetera. Because of that, when we first started, you know, talking business owner to business owner, when we first started the one through one method, I knew who our target audience is. And it is somebody who wants to lose weight, but I refused to do any marketing around weight loss. Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to be a weight loss. I want to approach this from gut health. You want to get healthy from the inside out. You want to teach people. If people get healthy from the inside out, like weight loss, just that just happens naturally and so much easier and more permanently. And so I was very vehemently against anything that sounded remotely like weight loss. But the more experts and consultants we met with and The slower our sales were, the more we had to kind of acquiesce and realize, well, we're going to give her health. We're going to help her get healthy from the inside out. But in order to attract her, we might have to talk about weight loss because that is the problem she wants to solve. That is her problem. So it's kind it's of a struggle. Yeah, it you know, is.
2: I, I survey my customers and time and time again, I'm like, what kind of content do you guys want to see? Right. We'll send out an email or a survey in our email list and we'll put like weight loss recipes, detox infused waters. We'll put healthy snacks, baked goods, like healthy desserts. And the first one always, always is weight loss recipes always. And it, and like a weight loss recipe, it might be a baked good, but if you put the word weight loss in front of it, someone will listen, which is really interesting to see. So, you know, let's be
1: honest. So if you can share with us some insights there, have you had to do some of that same kind of brain shifting in your own mind? Like, okay, I want to help people. And if that means marketing this perhaps in a way that I'm not 100% down with, but if ultimately I'm going to be able to help people, that's what matters the most. Like, it, tell us about a story where you've had to, you know, kind of shift the way you think.
2: Yeah, I definitely have been through different evolutions of that. We work with a lot of influencers on Instagram, which is how I built my business because I created a strategy there, which I can tell you guys if that's yes. that's interesting to you. Yes. But I saw that certain influencers talked certain ways that made customers want to purchase more. Mm. So when things were more conversational and they talked about their lives and how they're currently feeling and what the detox helped them with, I saw that that formula worked. So I just kept doing that same storytelling formula with more influencers that I worked with. And in the beginning, I didn't know if all influencers were going to agree with that type of marketing. And some do and some don't. But why might someone not agree with that? You know, because a lot of influencers want to make a quick buck, and they don't want to share their personal lives. So we tend to shy away from those types of partnerships, because they're not real, they're not genuine. Mm -hmm. But yes, I mean, you know what, the biggest one out there. That I can tell you the exact answer to your question is I had to name the morning tea, skinny tea of, we have a 30 day detox, mm-hmm. right? And so it had, comes with two teas. It comes with our skinny tea and our colon tea. And I didn't want to name it skinny tea. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Yeah. And I had to at the beginning of this company because we were looking at keyword research. And we were looking at how are we going to rank? How are we going to even compete with these other detox companies Mm. if we don't have a keyword that will attract people? That's honest. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. Even though I would never in my right mind tell a girl that she needs to be stick skinny or the connotation that goes along with that word, especially in our climate today, is that you need to love your body. You need to love who you are. But how do I get the message across of what this detox is going to do without using that word. Mm -hmm. Right. So right now my partner and I are going through a redesign of our detox and how, how can we describe this product and people will still be interested in it if we do not use this word? Because I think that if we rename our product and re package it then a lot more people will be open to us maybe we won't be bundled in with this detox category even though the name of the detox program will still be there but the word skinny won't be on any of our products
1: well and it's a risk too right because you have huge yeah it's a huge risk but it's a risk based on a personal decision of integrity and i definitely support that
2: yeah and we obviously we have a business to run we have employees so a decision like that can decrease our sales and we don't want to do that. So we don't make these decisions hastily. We're going to do our research. We're going to survey our customers. We're going to really think about this before we make such a drastic change to one of our best-selling products. Yeah, But it is something that has been on my mind for the last couple months. And in the last month, we've been hardcore working on it. Mm, I love
1: that. And that's honest. I mean, I'll tell you that we originally trademarked the name 131 Method. I'm sorry, 131 Diet. Mm -hmm. And we trademarked that and that's what all of our branding was based around and we started getting the name recognition for that. And I just woke up one day and I'm like, I can't. I literally cannot call this a diet. And everyone really was pretty much against my decision to change it. I don't know if it was good or bad, but I will tell you this, it's definitely cost us, right? Like, because certainly we're gonna attract people who are like oh thank goodness you're not calling it a diet but
2: the majority of people they're going to be like what's a method yeah exactly yeah, they're, they're going to be confused they're like 131 method pass but they might have yeah. seen it and be like oh this is a diet plan i need a diet yes. and they might have clicked on it so yeah, yeah. it is a risk It for is. sure
1: so go back to influencers have you had an influencer represent your tea in such a way that was unsettling to you or you felt diminished the brand even though like sales are rolling in.
2: Yes. And we've had to end those contracts, end those, end those relationships, especially we've been doing this for you know five and a half years now. So especially in the beginning, you have less awareness mm-hmm. of how that can affect your brand and less also control. You don't know what you feel almost like, well, what can I do about this? So now we have more tighter contracts. We have a lot more ability to really make sure that the partnership is not being disrepresented badly. Like I remember one girl posted a very sexy photo with my products Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. really didn't like that. And I had her take it down Mm. and it took me a couple days to get her to take it down, but it Mm. was very, it was overly sexual. Mm. And I don't want people thinking that I'm connected, that my brand is connected with that type of behavior.
1: Dang, that's gotta be hard.
2: Yeah. And you're paying the person. So it's hard right? like, wait, I don't want you to do this. No.
1: <laughs> I need you to get those sales, but I don't need you to show that booty.
2: Exactly.
1: So let's talk about of what your early influencer strategy looked like. When did you start using influencers? How did you know to do that? I don't even know if we were calling them influencers then. And what did it look like then? And what does it look like today?
2: So I started using influencers probably in my first like three months because I didn't really know what else to do. I was 22 years old. I didn't go to college. I didn't know anything about Facebook ads or Google ads or SEO. We had a website that my partner and I built together. So I wrote all the copy for the website and he designed it. And I knew that I couldn't get my products into stores because who would take a 22 year old seriously that's running her business out of her mom's house. So I had no credibility. So I was like, well, who has credibility? All these other people on Instagram. So let me partner with other people and create these relationships, and they can get the word out for me. Because I wasn't like you. I wasn't a celebrity. I wasn't a person that had any type of say. I was just a girl that had digestive issues that's making a business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he started reaching out to influencers on Instagram, and this was Five and a half years ago, and the dynamic on Instagram was way different. 2013, 2014? That's right. Okay. 2014, early 2014. No one was really doing Instagram. Had you heard of people doing this? Yeah, because I saw some companies promoting their products, but it was very few and far between now If you're going to create a product-based business now on Instagram, you have to work with influencers. You have to have a social following and or social presence for your business. Then it was almost like you're going to use Instagram to sell things. It was kind of looked on as weird. Yeah. All my friends thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. And I started working with what you call now Mm micro-influencers. So people that were small enough in my mind would promote my products for the exchange of products and not for payment because I had no money. Gotcha. So I would reach out to them through an email or through direct message and I would start to create these relationships. And because I'm a pretty systematic person, I started noticing common denominators between certain influencers that brought an ROI and certain influencers that just didn't. And I started noting what type of categories of influencers, what type of accounts were successful and not successful.
1: Who are you going after initially? And you were like, uh-oh, er, take a left turn.
2: Okay. A ton of food bloggers mm-hmm. uh, that make these beautiful recipes on Instagram and they have tons of comments and engagement and they're making these recipes. So for me, I was like, we're a wellness company. They're showing how to make healthy recipes. This seems like a great partnership. Yeah. Except those accounts usually don't show the person's face. Yeah. And when you are getting like wellness advice, you are getting it from a person, not like a faceless account. Yeah. And I had to realize that over months of working with them that they just didn't do anything. Their followers were not interested in products. They were just interested in their recipes. Yep, And so it didn't work. Also, another one that was a huge failure was working with yogis. I thought that would be great. I'm like, we're wellness and we're this and we're digestive health and internal health. And yoga accounts are all about yoga. And they were not really interested in learning about anything else. Hmm. So what I started doing is going after people that were sharing their lives with Instagram, that were really connecting with others and being relatable. Mm -hmm. When I follow a food account, I just scroll past it. I might like it. I might comment on it, but I don't feel connected to that person. Right. So I started choosing people that I felt connected to or that I could see that their followers felt connected to them. And that's when the strategy really started to build itself out to the point where I was being very successful doing influencer marketing all from my bedroom.
1: Wow. so, in the beginning, it was you who really was cultivating these relationships, reaching out to people. I assume that you are much more savvy than the messages I get from people, which are just like a simple copy and paste, yeah, you know, with the here's what we'll send to you for free,
2: and you'll promote us exactly. I definitely had a strategy because when you come from the background of you have nothing else to offer. you have to be really good at what you are doing. Mm-hmm. so, I started to get very good at it. And I started noticing that these other brands were kind of like get doing what they're doing to you—is that They're kind of shooting in all directions. Mm-hmm. And they're not really, their follow-up was terrible. And I saw that as a huge lost opportunity because I've had companies send me stuff and they'll ask for my address, you know, even take like workout clothes. Mm-hmm. And they'll send me workout clothes, but they'll never follow up to see if I actually posted. Yeah, And so they're losing time shipping costs and cost of their product. So they're just leaving it up to the influencer to post. And I just couldn't take that chance. I had no money and I'm not going to lose product. So I created this huge Excel of like, you know, the name of the person, their Instagram account, the date that I shipped it to them, what product I shipped to them, the date that it would arrive. And then I would follow up the day after. And I was very like persistent about my follow up. And I started to see a lot of results from being organized and being like a follow-up beast. I love this. The other, I mean, it was a very simple difference, but that shows that we didn't pull someone's list an email off of some list that we actually hand chose that we actually handcrafted the message to them. And it became so much information on this Excel list that I actually made a software. I have a computer program that we input all of the information on that tracks everything that we tracked before. It tracks their codes, it tracks their ROIs, it pulls their images. And now, fast forward to today, my influencer marketing team is 15 people strong. So there's 15 people that are doing what I did five years ago, that are reaching out to people. Is
1: this software available? No,
2: but that is a great plan. But you know what? I always tell my friends that if you want to use it, I'll give you access to it.
1: Wow. Okay. I think you just offered it to me. I'm just kidding.
2: I did. Yeah, you can totally use it.
1: Girl, that's remarkable. That's amazing. I love that. Tell me, when did you turn over this department, if you will, or like these responsibilities, because I assume it's not today, you're not reaching out to, you know, celebrities yourself, but you're overseeing obviously everything because it's this is your baby. But, you know, when you started turning this over to other people, I think that's one of the things most people struggle with when they're building a business is they think no one can do this special thing that I think is our secret sauce. And we're afraid to let go of that or afraid to bring someone else on and teach them our ways.
2: Yeah, I mean, that definitely was a huge fear of mine. And I go through that every time I transfer anything over to someone else. It takes, it just doesn't take like, oh, it's not overnight. It takes months and sometimes even years for someone to get trained on it to be as good as you. Mm -hmm. But I think it was about Two years ago, when I handed over to our girl, Carly, who's the executive over the area, and Carly has been with me for four years, and she started working for me when she was 19 years old, and she's now 23 years old, and she runs the entire department like a total boss babe, Mm. and does it better than I did before, and I'm more like a consultant. I'm like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? And she (laughs) ensures that she does that, but I could never have grown the brand to what it is today if i was still running that directly however it happens over time and it happens in pieces and like i transferring over a lot of the brand marketing to another amazing woman on our team named taylor and it's been about a year and it's still not she's still not doing it on her own because there's a lot to learn that's in our heads there's just a lot of data
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because it is really important for all entrepreneurs to realize it isn't a, oh, I've brought someone on, here you go, and walk away. It just, you've got to be persistent. You've got to stick to it. You've got to recognize in the beginning, it's not going to be the way that you do it. Eventually, you'll get to a place where they do it better than you. But for a long time, it might not feel that way. And it might feel like, gosh, this is taking so, I could, let me just take this back. I could do it so much faster myself, but you can't do that.
2: Oh, my God. So many times have I said that, wanted to do that, but it's going backwards. And you also, you're trusting them with that responsibility. You're like, oh my God, what if this person quits? What do I do then? You know, and that's a huge risk that you're taking because you're investing in that person to take over this responsibility. And you need to, as a leader, continue to inspire them and also reward them so that they are constantly winning and wanting to grow within your company. But I think it's hilarious when on interviews, people are like, how did you grow? What would you say? And people are like, hire people smarter than you. I'm like, okay, that's great. But when you're a founder and you've created something, you need to hire people and you need to train them for long periods of time. It's not that you just hire someone smarter and they poof, do it better than you. It's just, a, it's just not real. At least it's not real to me. I just think it's such a fluffy on the surface response and it's not real.
1: Right. And also, you know, if you are a creative entrepreneur, you don't think that people are smarter than you. So you're never going to find
2: those people. Yeah. And for me, I was like, okay, maybe I need to hire people that are smarter than me. So I started looking at resumes of people and they wanted a terrible amount of money, so much money. And I'm like, okay, is this, would I rather train someone who has loyalty, hard work ethic, and that I think can grow into a little mini me? Or would I rather pay this crazy amount of money for someone who's maybe just looking for a change of career for six months and then might leave me and go somewhere else?
1: Mm, That's so valuable to hear. I'm going to ask you some questions. Of course, you can say, oh, I I can't answer that. But who would you say has been your biggest influencer in terms of moving the needle for Teamy?
2: Our partnership with Cardi B is a pretty big one. So that's probably the first name that comes to mind.
1: I love her so much. I know. She's so real. She is so real. And, you know, she's done a lot. Have there been bigger names, perhaps, that didn't perform
2: as well? There are, but I don't think that I would sure. really want to cross that line. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not asking a name. I'm just wondering.
2: But there's definitely, I mean... The risk that you're taking with influencer marketing, which is why I tell people that if you're not smart about it, you can bankrupt your company 100% by doing this, is that you are taking a risk. You could pay an astronomical amount of money and have zero sales back. And I've had that happen to me. Mm. I've had it happen where I send that wire transfer, the post goes up, and nothing happens. Wow. And it is it is hard, girl. Like, you're ooh. like, ooh, So- Definitely knowing what you're doing is really important, which is why we have a system. We have a, almost like a fail-proof system, foolproof system that we have really done a lot of trial and error over the years so that we know what influencers work for us and we know where to spend our money. Of course, we still make mistakes sometimes That's the risk and playing the game, but it's not all that we do. We don't rely only on influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's also good to know that.
1: Are you still in the micro influencer arena?
2: Yes, huge. Half of our team is only on micro influencers.
1: Wow, that's insane. That's really interesting to hear. And have you ever had something happen with a celebrity who represents your brand that completely unrelated to Teamy, but the, you know maybe they've posted some kind of crazy video? We won't name names. Where you're like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> does this hurt our brand? Or have you seen it hurt your brand?
2: It hasn't yet. It hasn't yet. We haven't had any correlation between that person, personal life and us yet.
1: Okay. That's great to hear. And maybe you can share this or maybe you can't, but the biggest payout you've paid a celebrity for one post.
2: Mm, I don't think I can share that. It's like literally in our contract that I can't share that.
1: How about, can you talk us through what it felt like the first time you paid someone an incredible amount of money? And it's like throwing the dice you don't know if yeah it's going to perform or not
2: i wanted to pee my pants really i wanted to pee my pants i was like i can't believe we're doing this right now and the thing to remember is that whatever money that you pay you have to be willing to lose it because there is a 50 50 chance that you're going to lose it so we're paying the money i remember this was with one of our first big celebrities and it ended up being a tremendous success it was huge and so you're you are you're going to roll the dice. You're going to have wins and you're going to have loses, but that's just part of being a business owner. You said there's a 50 50 chance. Is it really 50 50? I mean, not for us, because we have a formula. Yeah. So not for us. We win more than we lose. But I think that other brands that really don't know what they're doing and they're judging an influencer, they're judging the influencer by how many followers they have or how many comments they have. Yeah. That's when they really lose Mm. because they're like, oh, this person has 5 million followers. They're going to bring me so much more money than this other influencer with 100,000 followers. But that's just not true. The number of followers you have doesn't determine the amount of influence you have over your followers at all. And
1: I know there's an algorithm for this. You've obviously created this program that's been wildly successful for you. Can you just give us some insight as to what metric does move the needle?
2: Yeah, it's for us. You have to look through people's comments. And if you're getting a lot of, we classify it as admiration, when they're like, I love your hair, I love your dress, you're beautiful, you're stunning, or a ton of emojis, it means that the person has a lot of admiration, and that's great. But admiration doesn't cause decisions. Mm -hmm. What causes decisions is influence and relatability. And the way that you can track that is by looking, if people are asking questions, like, where did you get your dress from? Hey, that salad that you made on your Instagram stories three days ago is the recipe on your blog mm. or asking questions like, Hey, I also just, I gave birth and I'm struggling with this problem. What would you recommend? Because you recently gave birth to or having real conversations. And it's not just questions. It's also people having real thoughts that they want to communicate to that influencer. And when you find accounts that have those aspects of it, you know that at least you're working with a real person.
1: Yeah, that's great. You're really working with a
2: genuine person that has something to offer their audience.
1: Thoughts on fitness influencers and, and the fact that, like, everyone who looks great in a pair of spandex now calls themselves a fitness influencer. It's like my pet peeve, but I'm wondering if you have thoughts on that.
2: I mean, I think that The hype, I don't know in how many years, but all of this influencer thing if you don't offer more than pretty pictures, if you don't offer advice, help, a course, something, then those influencers will end up dying out because they don't have enough to offer their audience. And like you said, anyone can be, I mean, if I wanted to, I could go be a fitness influencer, but you have to really be willing to give a lot of yourself to it and not just look pretty and film your workouts you have to really want for people to improve and actually have a plan so i I understand what you're saying about that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and i think we're certainly really saturated so i I do think we're going to see a changing
2: of i don't know when it will happen though
1: yeah yeah that's true Yeah, it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. I find it all very fascinating. This has been incredibly enlightening, really fascinating. What do you want to do next? I assume that you've had some big brands reach out to you that would love to acquire you. What are your goals for Teamy?
2: My goals right now are to continue to grow our company and to continue to add to our product line. So about two and a half years ago, I added tea-infused skincare to our product line. And now our skincare is in Ulta, which has been huge. So you can walk into Ulta stores and you can see teamy products on the shelves and really stabilizing our brand and having the face of the brand and the messaging of the brand on holistic solutions to help our customers live happier, healthier lifestyles. I want to be known more for that as a household name. And I really want to continue to create great products for our customers. So I don't really have any desire to sell right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that the next milestone for us is to reach the 10-year milestone. And I still have a lot to learn, (laughs) a lot, like so much to learn. I mean, one thing that I want the listeners to know is that sales go up and down. They just do. And you have to overall be trending upwards and you have to be trending up year over year but when sales are down, especially as a founder or as a CEO, your whole life feels like it has a dark cloud <laughs> over it. And so true. And I feel it so much. So I'm constantly looking at, well, how can I make sure that these months and where the sales are down, how do I improve it? How can I grow my business more? So I don't think that I have it all figured out. And I'm, Learning, like right now, I'm learning how to use Pinterest to build organic traffic. Never done it it. before. Never done it before. And I have to dedicate five hours of my time every day, didn't happen today, to learning this new platform and I'm six years into owning a business.
1: Why you and not someone on your team? Because you want to understand it first? Yes. Okay. I get you. I feel you.
2: I want to get it. I want to understand it. And then I want to see, because then I can really assess if it has the potential that I think that it has, Mm -hmm. and then I can teach it to someone else and then I can see it grow. But if I'm going to be investing someone to do it, I need to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. This particular thing. I don't look at that in every area of my business, but if I look at Instagram, I built our Instagram following. And by the way, we hit a million followers on our brand page today, which is huge. It's beautiful.
1: Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And I built that community. So I know what that organic traffic has done for us. And I want to figure out if there's other ways to use Pinterest to use YouTube to do this. And it's a huge undertaking to build another platform where you get a community on because I'm I'm like, I'm tired. I already did this. (laughs) I did this on Instagram. Like I'm done. But you know, you have to diversify, you have to diversify.
1: Well, the last thing I have to ask you, because I think I'd be remiss if I didn't, knowing that so much of our community, you know, they're into entrepreneurship and building their business, but there's a big faction of them that are health and fitness experts or coaches or personal trainers. And, you know, I know that detox teas have a reputation. Make your case for why Teamy has this differentiating quality. What is it that you want people to understand when they think about people who might be in the same category and how you're different.
2: Yeah. Our main purpose is to help people have a healthier gut and to help get their toxins out of their guts that they can have. Their metabolism can be working the way that it needs to. They don't have excess waste in their gut that is making them feel bloated or tired or constipated or whatever symptoms they have in their lives. And the way that we can help with that is with our high-end, hand-selected, premium loose leaf tea formula that all the other brands do not have. Mm. They don't even have the ingredients necessary in their formulas to even detox the body. Mm -hmm. And they're using very low quality tea. I even made a video about us in comparison to these other products. And I've tried them all. And if they were effective, I would tell you. Sure. And they have not worked for me. And we get customers from those other brands that they haven't had success with their products and they have Had with mine. But for any of you health coaches out there or people interested in health, I just want you to actually be honest with yourself and say, Have I eaten processed foods? Have I eaten chemicals? Have I eaten refined sugars? I know my answer for myself is yes. I love going out and getting ice cream. I love eating pizza. (laughs) Like I love those things. I, I think that the majority of my diet is very, very clean. But most Americans are consuming more toxins inside their body than they are getting rid of them mm. and allowing the body to reset by getting rid of stuff that it doesn't need can help so many different areas of health. It's not just a, a saying that they say, listen to your gut. Yeah. You have to listen to your gut. And if you're feeling tired and if you're feeling bloated and if you're feeling sluggish and if you're feeling like, hey, when I was in my early 20s, I had all this energy, I could lose weight really quickly, and now I'm in my mid-30s and I feel totally opposite. You have to be honest with yourself and say, am I consuming a lot of toxins and am I getting rid of them at the same rate that I'm consuming them? That's what we really want to do.
1: Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And I wanted to give you that opportunity. I guess one last question I forgot to ask you is male versus female influencers percentage-wise
2: nice heel it's a hundred percent female yeah like maybe not a hundred percent maybe i would say 95 percent female we do work with some males that actually do do well for us but we have a female audience and females with some other females isn't that crazy
1: like gut health is not a male versus female thing but it it is really interesting when it comes to health what percentage of the buying audience is female
2: i know we really hold a lot of keys to success. And if there's any female founders or listeners out there, know that just because you are female, you have a leg up this whole like, oh, equality thing. You actually have a leg up on men. If you're selling Mm -hmm. a product or a course, you actually have more to offer just because you're female.
1: I am with you, girl. I am really with you. Like there's been times where we'll work with agencies like, you know, in uh, whatever copywriting agency or SEO or Facebook ads, you name it. And I always say, can I get all women on our team? Like, because they're going to understand her problem. They're going to, you know, and occasionally we can get a a guy and he, he really can nail it. But you know how to write and speak and think in terms of her Problems and the solutions she's looking for. So, well, this has been insanely fun for me to do. I'm so glad that I caught that opportunity to interview you. And, Dee, you are just, you're just awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I think it's really great what you're doing. And congratulations on your continued success.
2: Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure to be interviewed by such an amazing mentor of mine.
1: (laughs) So fun. And where can people learn more either about you or your products?
2: You can follow the brand at, at @teemiblends Blends on Instagram, which is T-E-A-M-I-B-L-E-N-D-S. Or you can go to our website, which is www.teemiblends.com. And if you want to see all the behind the, the scenes hustle of like what it really is like to be a business owner, you can follow me on at A D Arizini.
1: Fun. I will definitely be doing that. All right, girl. Thank you so much for being here today.
0: Hi, this is Brooke Powers, Vice President at Smart Life. And I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite products that we have. It's our Push Journal. And we created the Push Journal because we know that you want to be making progress towards your goals. And in order to do that, you need a better system to hold yourself accountable. The problem is, you've tried countless planners and journals and nothing seems to stick, let alone be effective, which I'm sure can make you feel defeated. We believe it shouldn't be a burden to keep track of your productivity and hit your goals. We understand that motivation, organization, and sticking to a routine can be a struggle. We've motivated and helped thousands of people to identify and set goals and stay focused on daily tasks that increase productivity, that actually help you hit your goals. Does this sound like you? This is all you need to do. Go to pushjournal.com and order your Push Journal set. While you're waiting for your journals, Download the instruction booklet at pushjournal.com to get an early start on setting your push goal and to get a little taste of how the system works. Stop wasting money on goal-setting journals or programs that don't stick long-term. Instead, find confidence in using a push journal for life. Trust me, you'll be addicted just like me.